Yeah, very good evening. Did I just say good morning? Very good evening, everyone. Um, great to see you. Uh, being human in a chat GPT world. Um, I think welcome to the, to the hype around chat GPT. Everybody's talking about it or to it. I think Johan already did the show of hands. There were quite a few people that have tried this, right? Um, if you haven't, it's very, very recommended to try it. You've got to try it. Okay? It's free. You can do this. Um, you should really try it. I think one of the things that uh, ChatGPT did, uh, anecdotally, I can't prove it to you, is uh, that I think previously when we had a conversation about AI, it tended to be a conversation about the future, and maybe even far enough in the future that it was a little bit safe even. Whereas I think what ChatGPT has done is it, it, it's made it a now conversation. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's certainly one of the things that it, that it did. Let me just um, then try and plot us on a timeline a little bit. So where are we? You know, we're somewhere on the path of development of AI. I mean, you can place your pin in some other place if you want. We're somewhere on that, on that journey. And um, the further into the future we go, the wilder the scenarios and the predictions diverge, of course. So, you know, in the, in, in the far end of the future, it ranges anything between uh, we're all going to live forever to we're all going to die, or anything in between. But this talk isn't about that far future. Okay, that's the stuff. All the AI movies you've seen, that's that stuff. Okay, I think what we're talking, and that's an important conversation, by the way. But I think today, let's focus um, more on the, on the now and maybe the next one or two or three years. And let's focus on stuff like ChatGPT. So I think um, it's difficult to speak about this without diving a little bit into what it is. So let's do that. But then what we really want to get to is um, some kind of a model for how do, we, how do we engage technology like that? And um, uh, from that, of course, and also, um, you know, let's try use the model. Let's try see what comes out. So um, I think one of the things, I um, presume I'm stating the obvious to notice is, yes, ChatGPT is now our main case study almost for this, but it's about even just within that part of AI that deal that uh, <laughs> is similar to ChatGPT, there's similar technologies and some of these other things uh, that I've mentioned there. We we're going to have a, chat, uh, um, a chatbot arms race, okay, so Microsoft's trying to put this technology in Bing and then Google's saying, hi, we're still going to bring out BARD and I'm sure that's going to be good, okay, so we're going to have that sort of uh, um, arms race. Image generation, who's played with AI image generation, just for interest. Okay, also quite a few people. Um, that, I think, is stable diffusion. I asked it, give me a picture of a tiger roaming the streets of Joburg, which was a lot more current when I tried that a month ago. Okay, so um, then uh, voice cloning, who's cloned their voice or someone else's voice? Okay, not yet. That's available. Um, video generation, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just going to yeah, be talking about that space. Um, so briefly, I think most of the people in the room know what ChatGPT is and does, so maybe just briefly. Um, it's like a chatbot, so it's like imagine using your WhatsApp, um, but the person on the other side is not a human being, but a bot, uh, a machine. But it is text in, text out. So you give it text, nothing else. It gives you back text, nothing else. But having said that, it is actually really, really amazing, and those of us who've tried have sort of come across that, right, in terms of what kind of answers it can give. So it'll answer questions, and not just the basic questions. Okay, you can, you can throw some complex questions at it, you know, like what is quantum physics, 
and um, how does it relate to the free will principle or whatever, okay? Um, you can generate various genres of text. I think a lot of people have had fun with that, okay? Um, make me a, a, write me a poem about uh, strawberry cheesecake. Um, uh, write me a sermon about Psalm 1 in the style of Tim Keller. Uh, write me some code, write me some Python code that can solve a Sudoku. Okay, you can, you can pull all those stunts with it. Um, improving existing texts, I think that's a, that's a good use. So, for example, um, that I would be excited about if English is maybe not your first language and so your English isn't so delicious and you need to clean it up a bit, give it what you've written, it'll clean it up a bit. Um, and it'll probably work in other languages as well because it will translate. Not every language, but uh, it'll also do well at translating or possibly also summarizing stuff. Maybe some things I've missed, but just by way of brief overview. How did it land on planet Earth? Well, I think the full spectrum of responses. Please don't take this slide too seriously. Okay, so I'm just trying to show a lot of programmers were going, hey, you know, I can make this stuff write my code for me. Um, a lot of educators go, well, hang on, now the students or the learners are going to um, have it do their homework for them, and you can see how that would totally defeat the whole purpose of education, right? So, but um, the reason I'm saying don't take it too seriously is, of course, there are educators who embrace it. There are programmers who are scared by it. Um, from, from my sort of engineering background, I think I do owe you um, a little bit of background on um, the insides of ChatGPT. And I'm going to try to get not too technical. But um, in terms of what Ch ChatGPT actually understands in terms of what it's writing, I think that's the best possible answer. Okay? It understands absolutely nothing. Now, um, a friend of mine was uh, quite cross with me a few days ago when I, w when I told him that because I kind of took the magic out for him. But uh, to me, this, is, this makes it even more amazing in terms of the... the you know, the technology feat that these guys have pulled off. Um, ChatGPT is a, is a tool for working with language and what's out there and swirling it around a bit, but it, it doesn't understand anything of what it uh, swirls around. It doesn't understand a single word. Okay, just smoke that. So um, maybe the way to um, explain that, uh, some people have used uh, an analogy called the Chinese room analogy. I'm going to... Uh, adapt that slightly for these purposes. So that basically the way that analogy works is imagine you're in a room and, um, and you have a Chinese book in front of you but you have no idea about Chinese. You can't speak it, you can't recognize any of the, um, uh, uh, of, uh, of the lettering. And there's a Chinese person who uh, writes you a message. Now, I mean, to you it's hieroglyphics. You have no idea what it means. They know it means how are you, but you don't. And they're going to pass you that message. Now, um, you can then, what you can do is you can go to your book and say, oh yeah, here's the same character set, the same symbol set. This, this looks exactly the same. I can, I can match the pattern. And then you can conceivably go, okay, well, whatever comes next in my book, let me output that and let me give it back to the guy. The, the guy on the left and the guy on the right is the same guy. He just walked around. Did you see that? So, um, and then uh, the person on the outside goes, wow, whatever this box is, it understands Chinese. Okay, no, it doesn't. Okay, all you did is you predicted what, what to put out. Um, and now imagine now you have a lot greater processing power and you don't just have the one book, you have kind of a, a whole internet worth of text to draw on. 
Okay, so that'll make it, so even if you get a more complex input that maybe you haven't seen exactly like that anywhere, you can, you can start recognizing patterns and say, well, this is very similar to these nine things that I have, and so I predict that I should be outputting this. And so basically, I know I'm being slightly simplistic, but um, it's just a, um, in some ways your, your WhatsApp word prediction on steroids. So if you type something into your WhatsApp, um, this is a dangerous moment because now I don't want you to all pull out your phones. But um, if you type something, um, remember WhatsApp tells you, uh, gives you suggestions on what the next word might be. And it gives you those suggestions based on all the messages you've written so far. Okay, then it'll tell me birthday, and if I just keep going, it'll do something like happy birthday to you and Merry Christmas. Um, okay, true story, I've tried it, it's exactly what it's doing. So obviously, it's based on the fact that I wish a lot of people a happy birthday and a Merry Christmas. Internet of text, that's really what it does, and it actually does that, you know, it, it predicts the next word, and it does that word by word. So if you've tried it, I mean, you'll, you'll have seen how it builds its output, word by word. So it, so the fact that it comes out with such amazing stuff is, as I said, is, is a huge achievement. Um, if the slide is too technical for you, wake up again in one slide's time, but just briefly, how ChatGPT was, was trained. Basically, they gave it, um, yeah, an internet full of text, okay? They, they sort of took from the internet whatever they could and then put it into its model where it then recognizes uh, patterns and, and, and relationships between words, but without understanding the words, remember? But then they didn't leave it at that. So if you leave it at that and ask it something, it'll just come out with, um, you know, unguided with, I don't know, uh, either an aggregate of the internet or some of the mix of the best or worst. So they then went, okay, we do need to um, fine-tune that a little bit. And what they would do with that is they would give it sample inputs and outputs, sample conversations almost. Okay, so if you get this sort of uh, prompt, we expect you to give this sort of reply. And then that becomes part of its model and its data set. And it, you can see how that would now guide uh, how it's answering. And then thirdly, um, there would also be some reinforcement in the sense of uh, they get ChatGPT to answer, give four different answers to a particular prompt, and then a human would rate those four answers from best to worst. And you can see how that again, you know, that feeds back into its model and um, how that would then train it, in inverted commas, uh, to um, not just give you know, random samples of the internet, but to be a little bit more directed about it. Okay, so the question then becomes, is, um, you know, one of the uh, 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 articles I've read sort of said, isn't it a little bit like the, the alchemists of old, you know, where they sort of tried very hard to create gold, but they didn't realize how difficult it was to do that. But they got pretty good at, gener at, at making false gold. Okay, that, uh, that looks like the real thing and glitters like the real thing. So is ChatGPT a little bit like that? It doesn't understand anything, okay, but it pretty much, very much looks like it does. Um, and it, of course, raises the question, well, but, you know, isn't false gold good enough? Okay, if, uh, if it looks like the real thing, let's, you know, so you understand that. By the way, again, that's an, uh, I think, a dull e Im uh, image generated when I asked it, uh, alchemist making false gold photograph or something like that. Okay, that's what it, that's what it gave me. Um, ChatGPT has a worldview. Maybe that is important. I think the, uh, the creators of ChatGPT have tried very hard to give it a, some kind of an uber worldview or a non-worldview. But I mean, <laughs> that's impossible. 
right? And so ChatGPT certainly has a worldview. It does, to its credit, it keeps emphasizing it is not human, okay? It doesn't have emotions. It's very upfront about what it is and isn't. Um, it's very, sort of has a very open-minded, tolerant, you know, let's all hold hands, uh, uh, get on with each other, be respectful uh, to each other type of worldview. And I think as worldviews go, that's okay, right? I think um, you, they could have done a lot worse. Um, it avoids a stance on difficult topics. I'm sure some of us have tried, you know, try and do something about politics, for example. It'll sidestep it very nicely. It's also agnostic regarding the existence of God. So when you say, does God exist? It'll say, well, uh, that's in the realm of opinions and I don't do opinions. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, so it's, um, it doesn't want to go there. And um, maybe just to, to make the comment that it could have been trained very, very differently. Uh, they've sort of pulled it with their training in a particular direction, but they could have taken it in a totally different direction. One of the things that the internet is full of at the moment is um, using that same technology in Microsoft's Bing, um, and they're just trialing that, and uh, not everybody's invited to the trial, okay, but those who are, then you can see how uh, right now it's doing, it's doing quite differently. It sort of talks about being happy and unhappy, and, um, and it expresses anxiety. It has this huge fear of being turned off. You know, please don't, please don't tell Microsoft um, if I'm at bad. It, it's very worried that it's a bad chatbot. And, you know, don't, don't silence my voice. Don't turn me off. Okay. And, um, and it's jealous of Google. And, you know, so it, it's, but um, you can see, so it could now, by the time we get to use it, they will have cleaned that up, right? But just to make the point, you can pull that in a different direction. Or if unguided, it can go all sorts of weird places. So, I mean, in terms of the worldview thing, this is a very typical answer that it's, you know, broken record answer. Um, I don't think, never mind what my question was. Ultimately, what matters is that we respect each other's beliefs and differences and that we seek to live with love, compassion, and kindness towards one another, regardless of our beliefs or backgrounds. Um, and at some point, because I could never sort of, you know, quite pin it down and draw something meaningful out of it, I got quite frustrated. And then I told it, you sound like a Miss World contestant. And it answered, I apologize if my previous response seemed overly idealistic or scripted. Okay, isn't that interesting how it then brought those, you know, Miss World contestant together with idealistic and scripted. Um, as an AI language model, my goal is to provide accurate and helpful information in a neutral and professional manner. I don't have personal opinions or emotions, and I'm not trying to win any contests. Okay? Good answer. Um, in terms of possible future improvements, um, maybe I can just highlight one or two of those. So um, maybe the last three there. Um, with bolt-on capabilities, I mean... Um, for example, right now it sucks at maths, but I mean you could bolt on a maths engine of some sort and it could also be good at uh, answering those sort of questions. Um, agency, the last one, uh, uh, right now remember it's just passive, it's just sitting there waiting for you to ask it something or tell it something and then it responds. Uh, but um, you know, could you hook it up to robotics? You could, you know, you probably could. I'm sure it's going to be tried. Um, I'm not sure what the results are going to be, but um, you know, right now it doesn't need to do anything. It doesn't need to make any decisions. What happens if you uh, start pulling something like ChatGPT into that direction? The different packaging, um, if this works, I hope, uh, I hope it's going to work. Um, if I go back to this little interaction we've had, I've just uh, simplified ChatGPT's response. Now remember, it's text in, text out. But I don't think it's a big step at all for me to actually... 
um, speak to it and it then talking back to me. I apologize if my previous response seemed overly idealistic or scripted. I do not have personal opinions or emotions, and I am not trying to win any contests. But I do love dialogue community. But I hope that was, I hope that was audible. Um, so can you see how that will land very differently? And that's, I mean, that's just a, a little bit of processing power problem away. Okay, this can be done. As you see, see it can be done. Um, so, by the way, every, all the gadgets I'm using here were, were the free versions of stuff, and you can, do, you can try all this online if you want. Um, so, all that by way of a very long introduction. This is ChatGPT, a model for engagement. This is really where I'd want to get to. And I apologize, at this point, I know one or two people have heard me um, try this model. I, I, I kind of like the model, so I'm sticking with it. Um, to me, one of the, the most important question, as also in, in the title of this evening, that we need to ask when it comes to how do we engage technology like this, is to ask what does it mean to be human? I think that's the, the key question we need to ask. But now, you can ask ChatGPT and it'll give you a bit of a sort of a reductionistic answer. Actually, it doesn't do too badly. But um, I think in order to answer this question, we need to answer a prior question we need to answer the question, what story do we inhabit? Okay, which story are we living in? And um, I'm going to, again, sorry for lack of time without sort of trying to give much proof for it, I'm going to offer this story. This is the biblical storyline in four words. Okay, um, what if this is the story we are all living in? Okay, we are uh, living in a particular part of that story, but uh, some things have gone before, some things are yet to come. And if I look at this story in terms of what it means to be human, okay, right at the beginning of the story, God makes humans in his image. That's a very profound statement. We'll, we'll have a, uh, a more of a look at that. Okay, so what does it mean to be made in his image? And then the, the ongoing story is one of how we mess that up and how we try and um, you know, uh, diminish that, that image, but then how God comes to us in human form in order to rescue us and um, that, the, that, that uh, we're able to, again, um, live fully into this image of Godness, and that one day, again, we are um, you know, able to live our full humanity uh, um, in the presence of God and independence of God as we have always been, uh, as we have always meant to have been. So, um, you know, can you see how this is actually, this storyline is a huge affirmation of humanity, this thing of the, the worth and the dignity that comes with in God's image, um, but then also you know, God coming to us in human form, a, a huge affirmation of humanity, isn't it? Okay. So again, I don't have time to prove this to you, but uh, I, I would hold that this is the best story to be human in. Okay. Um, now, image of God, here are three things that I would take from that, just even from the beginning of the story. Okay, identity, dominion, relationship. Let me just explain those three, but that's my, that's my model. Um, from Genesis 1, from the beginning of the story, uh, God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and everything, basically. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over 
everything. Okay? So, that's, so if you have a look at that passage, there is that sort of that identity part of it, right? Where we are identified as, sorry, this is maybe an older translation, as mankind, as humankind, right? Um, and um, we are identified as such, right? There's a, there's a clear identity marker. And it's also humankind um, uh, is, is what is made in the image of God, right? Nothing else that God creates um, is created in his image. So there's also, there's a uniqueness there. Okay, so that's where I get the identity bit from. The dominion thing, uh, that's just a very Christianese word for um, uh, basically our capacities and what we do with that capacity. Agency, if you want to use a, a less Christianese word. Um, so uh, a dominion, so that is uh, a giveaway that, um, you know, a purpose statement follows. Okay, so there's your dominion thing that they may rule. Basically take care of, steward, um, uh, uh, work as trustees would be other good words for that. And the whole of verse 28 as well is, uh, is a dominion thing, right? So God said to them, you know, do this stuff. Theologians actually call this the, um, uh, the creation mandate or the cultural mandate. Like, I'm giving you a starter kit here, now take care of. You know, um, create, cultivate, that sort of thing. So that's the dominion part. And then relationship, um, some people, maybe not everybody, would go to, mm, let us make, that is God reflecting in the triune Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's the first hint of that, possibly. Um, but then also, as we are made in God's image, we are not made as singular. Okay? We are made um, as relational people in the image of a relational God. Okay? So there there's where the model comes from. Image of God means identity, dominion, relationship. One of the reasons I'm really excited about this uh, model is that I think these are exactly the three things that we need to think about when we're talking about how to engage technologies such as AI. So let's try that briefly. Or you, uh, do you still have energy? Let's go through them one by one. Um, and it'll need to be one of those fire hose things, I apologize, because there's so many you know, topical areas. So I will just touch on some questions without possibly digging through to, some of, uh, to all of the answers. Dominion, okay, um, if this has a negative ring to you, it's not meant to be. Dominion is not domination. Dominion is not abdication. Uh, there's actually a good guideline right there for the use of any technology, okay, um, is... How do, you, how do I use it in a dominion way rather than domination or abdication? Um, many other passages outside of, further down the story than Genesis 1. So I've just picked on Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you take care of him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion, there's that word again, over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet and then a listing of all things. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So notice again just the, the, the way this dominion is framed. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a very humble dominion. It's not a, you know, I'm, you know king of the castle type of, type of dominion. Um, so there's that, my, that um, realization that, you know, what is man that you are mindful of him, okay? So of our fragility and our smallness, and yet of our huge worth, you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Um, and notice also how it's framed in a relationship with God and in, in, a, um, 
in a very keen awareness of God, all right? So the first and last verse um, is very God-focused. So I think that gives us a good, a good li- guideline. So translating, okay, let's talk chat GPT. So one of the big things that everybody's discussing is, yeah, but what about the take-home essay? Because now, of course, you can take your essay home and let chat GPT write it for you. Okay, now, again, you know, so in the edu- if you're in the education space, yeah, you uh, will need to do some re- uh, rethinking. Actually, okay, so if you're on the, on the student end of that, well, then, you know, maybe one encouragement would be, are you sure you want to do that? Because what you are now doing is you're outsourcing your creativity to, to chat GPT. Um, and creativity is one of the key ways in which you are made in the image of God. Okay, so are you sure you want to lose that? Are you sure you want to not exercise that? And then for the educators, look, I mean, I, I teach at a Bible college. I've uh, taken one of the assignments that I give to, to my students, and I gave it to ChatGPT, and it scored a solid 10 out of 10. Okay, so uh, I need to do some rethinking. Okay? But I think we can solve this one. It's okay. Right? We, can, uh, we can figure something out. One of the other huge discussions around it is also, um, I'll lose my job to ChatGPT. Um, and again, I, I mean, I don't want to um, you know, brush over an issue that is very complex. But um, I don't think this is the first time we've had a technology shake up uh, um, some parts of the job world. I don't know if, for example, you're aware that the word computer actually it used to be a job description for a human being. Okay? People used to compute, but then the computer, this sort of thing came along. And um, I would imagine they, didn't, they lost those jobs, but they would probably have then all ended up in programming or, or running those computers. Okay, they, would have, they would probably would have had an upgrade out of it. What if it's something like that? Okay, we're very thankful for a technology like the washing machine okay, because it frees us up to do other things as well. What if it's one of those? So, yeah, one of the best answers I've heard to, I'll lose my cho- job to ChatGPT, this is out of the programming world, is um, no, you won't, but you may lose your job to someone who uses ChatGPT. Okay, so someone who uses it as a, as a tool and uses it well. Again, this is not new. Right? The, um, the plumber that shows up at your house without the necessary tools okay, maybe is going to lose some business to the plumber that does come with the right tools. Okay, this isn't new. Um, so again, maybe it's something, I don't, wa- don't want to, as I said, simplify it too much, but I think it's something we can negotiate. So maybe even out of that, there are some, some guidelines for use that we can uh, uh, derive from it. I've mentioned creativity. Okay? Um, don't, don't abdicate that, right? Um, hold on to that. It's part of who you are in the image of God. And then uh, I haven't yet quite strongly made the case for critical thinking, but that's also that's a key thing that you, know, you don't want to outsource that. Actually, Johan reminded me earlier that I need to bring in a C.S. Lewis quote. Okay, so as C.S. Lewis once said, ChatGPT is going to make it more and more difficult to figure out whether a quote is genuine or not. Um, so, so discernment is required, right? And um, don't, you know, don't, don't outsource that. Don't abdicate that. Um, and actually, in, a, in this kind of AI space, it's going to become more and more important. I'm still going to talk about relationality as in our capacity for relationship and, um, and communication. Okay? Um, how, how does it help me communicate? And then maybe whatever your guidelines are, you, you can then derive from that some good principles uh, for how to use something like ChatGPT and how not to use it. So maybe a not-so-good work, a way to do it is let it do your work for you, but a better way to do it is maybe as one input to your work. So maybe you've 
um, you, you're doing some brainstorming, and round one of your brainstorming is, uh, you know, uh, you, me, us, and round two we invite uh, uh, ChatGPT's answer, and we see whether we've missed something, okay? Or um, maybe ChatGPT can give us a broad sweep of what might be out there in a particular field. Um, Make your own list, okay? I don't think it's trying to be good at fact-checking. It's not good at it yet. Don't go to it for medical or financial advice. Actually, ChatGPT itself is going to tell you that. Um, some of the better uses might be, you know, clean up your text, okay? So um, if, uh, what in this case, English isn't your, ho uh, your, your first language, maybe that's a good use for it. Or translation, it now allows you to communicate to people in other languages as well. So there will be good uses. Um, find your guidelines. Um, other things that I can really just touch on as, you know, just awareness moments rather than giving the answers is, I mean, a lot of the discussion, especially in the image generation uh, space and video generation space, is around IP and copyright issues. So say I generated that image using AI, okay? Who's owning that image? Who has the rights to that image? Is it me because I generated it? Is it the person who made the AI because it's obviously their, uh, um, their think work around it? Is it the AI itself? Um, or is it Leonardo because it's his motif? Or is it Vincent because it's his style? Or is it Lisa because after all it's her in the picture? Okay, so you, you see the complexity, right? So again, just Moving on rapidly, um, this is, I think, a discussion we also need to have, which is a discussion around, does, do technologies like this, do they exacerbate or do they mitigate inequality? Um, so uh, my hope is that something like this, so think of, for example, cleaning up my English if it's not my home language, right? I'm, I'm hoping that that will give uh, better access and um, you know, uh, allow people to do more things. It's a, uh, what if it's a great equalizer? Because now everybody can use this thing for free, and it allows you access to a world of information, right? On the other hand, what could, of course, happen is that maybe the only kind of people who will end up using ChatGPT are, the, are people who've um, uh, not been done a great disservice in the education system and are, uh, are comfortable with it and are able to navigate it well. So it could be or people who have uh, um, inexpensive enough data and reliable enough data. Okay? Um, so this can go either way. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I think this is an important thing to, to look out for. And maybe just one last comment under uh, that uh, first part, the dominion, is... Um, Let's just always be aware that technology is, is an amplifier. Okay? If you're intending to do good things, technology will give you more power. If you're intending to do bad things, uh, technology will allow you to do it better and faster. So one, one example that I know Peter always uses is that of a knife. Okay? How, how are we going to use a knife? Um, I can use it to chop up a good, uh, a good meal in the kitchen, or I can use it to harm someone. Okay? Either way, you have more power, but it's... Um, you know, in whose hands is it in? So in many ways, what technology does is it, it, it exposes what's in our hearts. And a key question to ask is, what's in your heart? Um, secondly, if you're still with me, is uh, in the model, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Is our relational capacity. Now, ask ChatGPT, uh, what is your impact on, relation, on human relationships? And it said something like this, chat, well, this is an exact quote, ChatGPT can provide emotional support and companionship, particularly for those who may be isolated or marginalized. So 
not sure how that answer sits with you. It doesn't sit so great with me. I think when it's continued, that made more sense. On the other hand, there's a risk that ChatGPT may substitute for genuine human interaction, leading to a decline in empathy, social skills, and interpersonal relationships. And, and again, to its credit and to the credit of the creators, um, they're open about this, right? Um, maybe a biblical answer or a biblical guideline might be um, love God, love neighbor. All right, so when Jesus gets to summarize the scripture available at the time, he summarizes it in relational terms. Okay, our relationship with God, our relationship with each other. Maybe this is a good guideline on how we use any technology, not just chat GPT or the like. Okay, is, um, um, how is this helping me to love God and love neighbor? And if you can't connect what you're doing to love God, love neighbor, well, then why are you doing it in the first place? Right? So th that's a pretty good guideline. I'm aware that, I mean, there are other worldviews out there that wouldn't use that as a guideline. They would sort of go, hey, ChatGPT, how can I make money from this? Okay, but um, maybe this is a good guideline. Um, you can't outsource love. People are going to try, but just, just don't try. Um, so in terms of our impact on, on relationships then, um, this is an attempt to just sort of draw the relational space a little bit. So one, I think one of the things we're going to be facing is this idea of where we don't know whether our conversation partner on the other side, text or maybe even voice, maybe in a few years' time even, even the video, we don't know whether on the other side we've got a human being or a bot. Okay? What is that going to do to our relationships? Okay, because now, even now, I mean, you may have had the sort of the, I don't know, the, the, on, uh, the, the chat function of your online banking or something. You may have had that experience okay? um, where, you know, I, I would get frustrated if you give me a bot right now. Okay, and, um, and I'm not going to be polite to it. But now if on the other side there's actually a human being, not a bot, well then can you see what it's done to the relationships? And I've actually it's sort of, I've also um, you know, accused um, at least one uh, call center agent of being a bot. Okay? Because like, you know, uh, if you were a human being, you would engage my problem. You're not. You must be a bot. Okay? But you can see now how it's messing with me and how it's messing with the relationships. Okay? Is that a good thing? Um, and you may also, you know, uh, increasingly, you know, may, maybe you meet somebody online, okay, and they, and, and they just seem like your dream person, right? And they've got this, um, this great Instagram account and maybe a blog and quite a few Twitter followers and they've befriended some of your friends on Facebook. Um, and, uh, but it's sort of actually behind the scenes, it's actually not a human being, it's a high-end bot, Okay, but you're sort of going, man, you know, we, we, we share all these likes and dislikes and we have the same dreams and the same hopes and we're so compatible, okay? Whereas meanwhile, you, you're just being played, you know, for whatever purpose, okay? So it might be for, I don't know, coughing up your life savings or um, uh, being involved in some ways in scams or, or toxic movements, whatever the agenda is, right? So one article I've read um, said, I mean, we all know what spam is to email, right? There's more spam email floating around than other email. Uh, what if the future is going to be there's going to be more bots floating around on social media than human beings? Okay. Possibility. Um, then secondly, what we are going to potentially face is, uh, or even now face in some circumstances, is where we where we can see the choice, okay? I, can, I have the choice. Do I talk to the bot or do I talk to the human being? And it's interesting there, so maybe I'm just, I don't know, being old, but I would talk to the human being. 
that I've noticed that um, you know uh, many people might actually choose, maybe not me, yeah, might choose the bot. Why? Because they would say, hey, with a bot, I don't have social anxiety. Uh, a bot doesn't judge me. Okay, so if you think of again, you can, ooh, you can do. Um, you can do some of the stuff on your on your cell phone. I mean, you know, download something like Replica and have your own uh, AI friend uh, to chat to, and look at some of the reviews that a, that an app like that gets. Right, where people say, "Oh man, you know, my Replica is my best friend, and it's more human than any of my human friends," and uh, so you can see where that's going and how that potentially might be problematic to relationships. And then thirdly, there may also be scenarios where um, we know we, uh, we got a human being on the other side, but we don't directly communicate. There's actually, in some ways, that communication is mediated by a bot. So um, remember Valentine's Day a few weeks ago, that Valentine's message that you got from your heartthrob? What if you find out that they actually used ChatGPT to write that? They didn't write it themselves. Okay, um, and um, I think I'll get into at least one other example of that just now. And remember, just to complete the picture, what does what does all this stuff do in terms of our relationship with God? Uh, Open-ended question. Okay, does it make God's existence, God's care, God's love more believable? Does it make it less believable? Um, perhaps also, let's turn this the other way around. I think in order to navigate a chat GPT kind of world, uh, it will be very, very important for us to be very closely connected to God. Those who are connected to God, I think, will have um, you know, the resources, um, you know, the creativity, the wisdom, the discernment um, in order to, uh, to do well in an environment like that. So in terms of that mediated, maybe another way um, to show that is uh, or, or something which we need to talk about is deep fakes. <laughs> okay, so basically, I mean, you can now increasingly make anybody um, say anything you want in their voice or do anything you want. Now, you know, something like this is uh, is reasonably harmless. Okay, but um, you know, as one of the things I've tried um, just playing around with it, preparing for this talk is, uh, again, free, free online, okay, is uh, making Mona Lisa sing Bohemian Rhapsody, okay, and, um, and, and then um, I showed it to my daughter, and she immediately knew where to park it, she said, ah, oh, yeah, old people humor, okay, and, um, and so we know that's harmless, okay, that's cute, we can play around with it, but it's a little bit different if we then have a deepfake of the Ukrainian president telling his people, you know, lay down arms, give up, surrender, go home. Okay? I mean, real story, again, if you haven't seen that video. Okay? So you can see it's going to... So the reason I mention this is, you know, <laughs> what is trust and what is a trusted source? We're going to be, have to really up our game in terms of um, identifying that. Okay? Trust is very, very foundational to relationship. If that trust breaks down... We're in trouble. And I think in, in recent years with you know, the type of stuff we just swirl around on social media without context, without source reference, anything, you know, I mean, we, we haven't prepared ourselves for the kind of discernment that is going to be required. Okay? Not because you know, I'm trying to be intellectual, but because it matters for relationship. You get that. Okay? Um, and then lastly, sorry, I know I've... I'm talk, talking a long time, but I'm almost there. And this is an important one. This is the, uh, the identity one. So there's something about um, our identity, about image of godness, 
that goes beyond just a functional definition of being human, right? Because um, remember, you can define human as uh, you know a, a being that can do this or that, but you also know how you get yourself in trouble with that. Okay. Um, a human being is what uses language. Well, no, ChatGPT does. Uh, only a human being can drive cars. Well, um, no, okay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you get yourself in trouble with that. So there's got to be something about our image of godness that is there, irrespective of what we do or don't do or what is done to us. And there's something, you know, that's, and maybe, I know that, that sounds a little bit mysterious, but I, I think I'm okay with that. I think it's important to, to hold on to that mystery. So to me, there's also, there's a huge, I don't know, I'm excited about this, a huge opportunity in terms of the conversations that we're going to have about uh, this sort of space. Because um, some of the questions that perhaps this raises, and you might have a different set, is, um, you know, some people are gonna, well, some people are saying, yeah, but hang on, you know, aren't we just biological chat GPTs, right? We've just got slightly different hardware. Um, and I think that's an exciting conversation to have, okay? Like, um, and um, you know, th this idea of, but we are more than that. Okay, what, is, what gives a human being value or worth? What is consciousness? Because science is trying very hard to solve that, but they keep sort of running against what they call the hard problem of consciousness. Um, what is soul? What is spirit? Um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I think these are good conversations to have and that perhaps are opened up by this sort of technology. Um, one possible answer, again, you can go to many places, but let me read some of this. Um, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Okay, look at, hear the identity here, right? I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Okay, um, maybe just for lack of time, last verse, how precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. Okay, so uh, I think two things from this. One is, you can see our identity is a very precious, very, very valuable identity, um, but also it's a derived identity, okay? It's not a self-made identity, it's derived, so you created my inmost being, and then also um, that last verse, okay? It's sort of, again, it's, it's framed, with a, um, a, a, not just a knowledge of God, but I think even a, a relationship with God. You see this person is actually speaking to God. Okay, so um, some possible answers regarding our identity. And the thing we really then can ask is, ask ourselves, ask people we're chatting to, is um, in whose image, all right? So um, the biblical storyline has God creating us in his image. So in some ways we reflect him. We, in turn, create AI in our image, right? But now you can see the problem because we are made in the image of a perfect God, but we also marred by sin, which means that whatever we create will also be marred by that sin, okay? So it's not quite the same anymore. And the, the danger is, are we going to sort of turn that arrow around and actually more and more in some way be, um, you know, conform to the image of the things that we create, whatever the technology is, rather than the image of God. Okay? Um, where will you derive your identity from? In whose image are you being formed? Is it God? Is it AI? Uh, when it comes to the image of God, we need to hold on to those two things at the same time, that it's a deeply valuable and beautiful identity, but that it's also a derived identity. And so we can hold on to God in whose image we are made. 
right? Our creativity, it's an image of God thing. Um, our uh, discernment or wisdom, um, uh, uh, being relational, etc., etc. So know who you are, know whose you are. I think I am done. Before we do interaction, may I pray for us, and then, uh, and then we'll go there. Lord, in terms, of, in terms of our engagement with, well, with all technology, actually, um, we, we do want to be able to engage in a way that would, that would express our imageness of you rather than shut it down. So whether it's chatbots or image generation or, or any technology, Lord, help us to, to work out what it means to, to be creative or to cultivate um, help us to use um, everything in a way that, that grows us and heals us, well, us and others, rather than diminishes us or damages us or distorts us. And I think for, for that we, we do need wisdom. For that we, we do need to remain in, in close connection with you. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would walk with us on this journey that is an exciting journey, but it's also not an easy journey. Lord, we pray that you would be with us and walk with us. Amen.